Welcome everybody to the Unnormal Life Podcast. This is your host Frankie A. And today I am joined with a really level-headed, motivated young gentleman uh, by the... Frank, how do, just so I don't switch your last name, it's Catania, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have, I'm joined today with Frank Catania. You may know the Catania name by, um, if you follow reality television, uh, the Catanias are a family that we see, they're, they're my favorite family on uh, any of the Real Housewives series. So the Catania family we see all the time on Real Housewives of New Jersey. And today I'm joined with uh, Frank Catania. So, Frank, welcome to a Normalized Podcast. Thank you very much, Frankie. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. So, let's, you know, we see a little bit about your family. Well, we see a lot about your family on um, The Real Housewives of New Jersey. But, you know, I, I want to focus on you because you got a lot of great upcoming things coming up. And uh, so tell us a little bit about who Frank is and growing up in the Catania family. We're Jersey boys. We have that in common. So tell the people yeah. out there what it's like growing up in an Italian family here in Jersey. Yeah, of course. I mean, I grew up in a small town in Jersey called North Haven, but spent most of my time in the neighboring town, which is Franklin Lakes, North Haven. I had a, my parents gave me a beautiful childhood. I learned a lot, especially growing up in a Italian family. I learned, you know, values that as I get into the real world, I see, oh, my gosh, it's rare to find these values. So I'm very, very lucky that I was able to be given a very good example um, for the family that I grew up with, both my mother and my father's side of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I grew up playing football, and I think that was definitely the first indication, you know, that I had a a gift for, you know, I, I'd say visualizing things like, I'll never forget in second grade, I was I was always a small kid. Um, mm. I never I really never had any size to me until junior year of high school. I remember I wanted to be one of the good players on a team. And at a very mm. young age, I, I already had an understanding that I had to work very hard to do that. But what I did was my father told me, he said, you should need to vi- visualize what you want to mm. be and, cre- and create it. Yeah, so, I love I love that. I, I'm, I'm all about, um, I work in um, social work. So a part of my, what I do is I tell people exactly that. Like, you have to have a vision. You know what I mean? You have to have a, a plan in your mind so you can kind of visualize the steps that you need to kind of get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and that's what I did. I ended up becoming a pretty good football player. I played football up until sophomore year of high school when I had to go out in, uh, to L.A. to uh, film a movie mm-hmm. called The World Away, which we'll get, definitely get into later. That was a whole other experience in itself. And I got back, and I realized, you know, I was too small to play football anymore, and I was mm-hmm. also busy, busy with my new acting career. And that definitely hit hard because I was always, you know, a great player going up to eighth grade, and I fell behind in size, uh, which is like the size I was a skinny kid, you know. So that was, that's what really opened up a serious bodybuilding world for me. Of course, my, my father, too, who gives me the best gift any father could give their child, which is to believe in me. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, he pushed me into the bodybuilding world, and that's where I learned a lot about myself. I grew mentally, physically, um, and I just became a stronger person. And as I progressed in life, I realized that my true passion, believe it or not, I think a lot of people who are in business have passion for the arts. I was in the arts having a true passion for business and gotcha. bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, that's what we talk about here in the Unnormalized podcast is um, having, you know, it's, it's one thing where, you know, I mean, a lot of people, I don't want to say it's easier, but, um, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, just think about taking the softer, easier route in life and, we here at the Unnormalized Podcast like to talk to people about, you know, there's so many other life journey paths that somebody could take and not have to go the conventional route. So that is basically the epitome of what uh, Unnormalized Podcast is about. Besides pop culture stuff, you know, when we sit down and, and I talk to people, I want to know what goes on with people when they're talking about life journeys and what kind of, you know, passion, desires, dreams, everybody has them, but not everybody has the courage to kind of act on those things to make it into their life, you know what I mean? Some people do it on the side, some people do it as like a hobby, but it's one thing when you take those things and you say, this is this is going to be my life, you know, um, yeah. and, 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 you know, it's pretty cool that, you know, it's actually funny, you know, well, Frank, I've been doing this for like a couple of months now interviewing people, and I can't tell you the amount of people that I speak to, and, you know, I've got some pretty big names coming up, but people who still, like, do all those things outside of the box that are unnormalized, but keep a solid foundation in doing stuff like the 9 to 5 work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, what... You know, what's that like? How do you juggle and how do you manage the balance between your your dreams and your goals and your desires in both of those realms, being in the creative side of things and then, you know, working towards your other passions that are like in finance and in business? Yeah. That's, no, it's that's, that's, that's a great question. and I, lo I love what you said. It seems like you have a really good understanding of the passions, honestly, which I think is what drives people's lives for those who have them. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to balancing things, I'd, I'd have to say I, I was not good at it when I was young. I was mm -hmm. sidetracked with one thing to the extreme. Not sidetracked, but I focused on one thing to the extreme. When, when football season came around, I was obsessed with football, mm -hmm. and, which is okay when I was little, but as you get older and grades start, uh, you know, grades start popping up and everything, and it gets harder, mm -hmm. or, you know, I get older, I'm obsessed with whatever romantic relationship I'm in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with it. That's, and I learned, as I got to college, it's time you got to fix that and balance things if I want to be the person I want to be. So I started to take one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Each assignment I took at a time, each workout was one thing at a time. And I think one of the best things for mental discipline that you could have, obviously mental discipline I think runs the world, is focus oscillation. 
mm-hmm. would be able to take your focus from task to task, put it all into one task, and when that task is over, take it and put it into the next next task. Yeah, totally agree. Like carry it over, you know, yeah. because you from task to task. I, I love that idea. From task to task, you you learn things along the way on that task that can be carried over and utilized as a skill for the next task that you have to complete. You know, I love that because I think some people, especially young people, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I'm a little older, so you guys live in a very fast-paced, ever-changing, evolving, quick, you got to be on your toes type of, you know, world. So um, it's easy to get caught up in trying to do everything and trying to do everything all at one time and trying to do everything all at one time with 100% vigor and um, focus and determination, it's hard, you know what I mean? So I like the fact that you, you're sending out there to maybe some of the younger listeners that are listening to this podcast that you got to focus, you got to kind of take each thing as it comes and learn along the way from the path and the journey of completing that task because you have to stay centered and stay focused. You know what I mean? Like exactly, exactly, Frank. I, I completely agree, and uh, I'm happy you understand definitely what I'm saying. But I'll definitely tell you this and be honest with you that what I just mentioned is something very difficult to do. Sure, you know it's very difficult. Something I need a lot of work on. Still, I've gotten a lot better at. You know, I used to be a mediocre student in. High school, just because I had so many different things going on, exactly what I said, I wasn't focused enough on the grades aspect. You know, I was going back and forth to L.A. Um, for acting, and also I was obsessed with business. I mean, I had a sandwich business in high school. I would sell sandwiches out of a suitcase. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk, about, talk about getting your hustle and your grind on, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember, yeah, that's junior year of, high school, I remember, I just wanted to start a business so bad. Mm-hmm. What I did was um, I went to an all-boys high school called Bosco Prep, which is yeah. a great place, a very special place. And I, you got a bunch of kids there. And I'll tell you, when you get all boys together, not around girls, it's a whole different experience. Yeah. A whole different experience because even when we go to the games, I see half the kids I went to school with personalities change. Mm-hmm. Like when we went to the, and the girls were around, every, you know, a lot of people, the per, some didn't, you know, but other, their personalities change. So it's nice when you have an all-boys school, these kids just kind of open up and they be themselves because they're not trying to impress anybody. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, when it's, re, it's really, it was a nice place. So what I did was I found out everyone, you know, loved to eat there. A bunch of young boys, they like to eat. I would start making peanut butter and fluff sandwiches and then fluff sandwiches with Oreos. I was cookies and cream. I made an Instagram for it. I would put them in a roller suitcase and I would go around and sell them for a dollar, two dollars a piece. And initially, I actually, before I became a car salesman when I was 17, I, that was my first amount of money I made to start investing. That's so cool. Yeah, that was the first little bit of money I made to start investing. Um, it was nice. I had my own money. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to take someone on a date. You could pay for it. And just, yeah, yeah you, had your little pop, you had your pocket money and it was something that you were proud of because you earned it. It's not something that, like, 
mom and dad, you know, it's like, here, put some dollars in your pocket, take. A lot of a lot of people have this false notion about me that I come from you know this family. My parents never really handed me anything, but what they always did do, which I think you know every parent should do, but obviously it's very hard to do. And my parents do on another level, which is which makes them the best parents in the world. Is they do whatever they can to provide the opportunity for me, and mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to seize that opportunity. But exactly, you know. And, and, and like, you know, I don't know your family just from, you know, what I see on, you know, on the show. Um, but what I take away and I think a lot of people take away when they see your family is, um, and which, which why I said makes, you know, your family out of all like the reality TV show families that we see out there, you can genuinely see that your parents came from a hardworking, put their time in kind of down to earth family. Um, and uh, just in the 15 minutes that I'm talking to you, um, it, it seems like they bestowed that upon you um, to, you know, if you want to make your way out there, you know, I, I love it. I'm, I'm a parent. I have a 17 year old and I, and I have the same philosophy. Uh, I'll provide you with all the opportunities that I possibly can as a parent. But then it's up to you to get out there and to take that opportunity and develop it into whatever you wanted it to be. Just give it 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I, I get that sense from your family when I see them on TV that they they are a hardworking family. You know what I mean? I like see your mom. I see your dad. They're always involved in, you know. Your, your mom was a, a, was she either a police officer or a corrections officer? So... Uh, my mom was a corrections officer. Gotcha. There was a whole other story to excite my whole, you know, what my mom went through, which a lot of people don't know about. Honestly, <laughs> probably this will be one of the first times. Because I'll say it, because she's very humble about it, but I will say it. You know, my mother grew up in an extremely poor environment. But her her father um, was a hard worker, hard working cop, you know. And, it's, and my grandmother was a... Who, they're both the best grandparents I could ever ask for. She uh, was a waitress at like a catering home. Okay. So, but it was hard, you know. It was it was hard because it was a family of five kids, and two smaller paying jobs. It was very hard. They had a special childhood when it came to having each other and learning the values of growing up in that environment, which makes it very special. And I think they they would never trade in for anything. But my mo- okay, so my mother grew up in that environment. She's working since she was 16 years old. Graduated high school. College wasn't even a question. Um, was not going to college. And she went to go work as a hairdresser at a uh, salon. And then after that, she met my father. My father, when they first met, my father was hadn't become anything yet. He was <laughs> just a, he, he was older, later 20s, but just getting into his real estate. He was just getting into being a successful lawyer. So he really didn't have much yet. And it was cool because you hear about the story about them. It's like they didn't have much, but they had each other. Yeah, and you still see that in them today. Oh yeah, that, and I think that's that's totally cool that um, we don't get to see. I mean, not just on TV, but just in life in general. I mean, like you hear of so many people who you know go their separate ways or whatever. But your parents, you can tell like the bond that they have, um, which is totally awesome to see. You know what I mean? Like as as parents 
that, um, you know, are raising their children and, you know, have come up through some, you know, some struggles, it, it, it's refreshing to see that they have always kept a, a strong bond together, like they have each other's backs, um, which is, you know, I think will probably spill into your own life and how you, you, you formulate, you know, not only just like romantic relationships, but just even in business, you know what I mean? That you, you want to keep those ties that keep the relationships in and where you're going and propelling forward, you know, fruitful ones. So, um, yeah, I, I totally love the fact that you say that, you know, they didn't have anything, you know, they didn't have much, but they had each other because sometimes that, that's what kind of moves you forward through those kind of challenging stages in like life, you know what I mean? Maybe that's something yeah. you'll, you'll find when you get a little older and you get that, go that route. But, um, yeah, so totally love that. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no, I, I'm happy you said because it's good. It gives a lot of insight in what I said. I mean, you, there's, what you are saying, <laughs> Frank, I love listening to, obviously. Uh, you're a great speaker. You're a great speaker and you have some great points. So I understand why a lot of people like this podcast from what I've heard. So, um, yeah, of course, of course. So my mother, to go on with her life, she then became a corrections officer, a police, uh, ultimately a police officer in Patterson, New Jersey. It was a very hard place. She's extremely tough. Um, but you have my sister, and once you have my sister, my dad was in a position where my um, my mom was able to kind of just be a stay at home mom in um, mm-hmm. in, in North Haven, and that's when now this transition I find absolutely amazing about my mother. That's when my mother where next. So I went to school in a wealthier town, so my mother started to see I think what that life was like. Mm-hmm. You know, as because we live in North Haven, but Franklin Lakes is next door. We grew up in Franklin Lakes, and she started to see uh, what that was like. And what happened was, I think she instilled in me was, listen, like there, there's some, there's a great life you can live. You know, there's a great life you can live. You make sure that you want want to be able to afford things for your family one day. You want to be able to do that, so you always got to work hard. So that started there. Now my mother. Now I was living a nice life uh, with my uh, my dad. My dad's making good money. She's living a nice life. Next thing you know, they get they, they get divorced. My dad's great. My still keeps in touch with us, so we see him all the time, and uh, he takes care of, he takes care of us financially. But my mom also met a guy, a great guy, his name was um, Andrew, and he um, Andrew was a oral surgeon. And we moved to Franklin Lake, the house in Franklin Lake. She was a nice guy as well. So he kind of took over things as well. But before that, before that, we had a very rough patch. I think like a lot of people in 2008 when the economy went under uh, you know, the housing crisis. And my mother went from that living that lifestyle and being around all those wealthy people. Um, what she did was, she had to go be a surgical technician, mm-hmm. get a surgical technician license, and work as a bartender at night. Wow. So I was I was a young kid who would see my mother every day. I probably slept with my mother until I was 11 or 12. I think that's like how Italian boys do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went from seeing her all the time to not, not really seeing her much at all because she's working constantly. You know, yeah. To provide for the family. My dad was too. 
my dad was too, and they, my mom went right to work in that situation. And we saw a lot of other families in, you know, in the town, and they were they were drowning. These families yeah. were drowning mm-hmm. because they they don't know how to get slapped in the face and and bounce back. Yeah, and, and pull your mom, pull, pull yourself up from the bootstraps, and you know, and exactly, and 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 and. and get, you know, have a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. You know, I think I grew up in, I grew up in the ironbound section of Newark. So, uh, Italian family. So my family is basically, you're, you're kind of talking about like, this is like a tale of two francs because you're kind of talking about how a lot of, my parents weren't divorced. They, they stayed together. God bless them. But they're basically was the same type of situation where they, um, they came from nothing and kind of my dad made something of himself. He, he went from, um, playing football in Eastside High School. That was his thing. Um, but he was, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, of course, Eastside High School. Fine. Yeah, yeah. So he, um, he played, he was a street kid. You know what I mean? Grew up in the streets yeah. and, and, you know, football was his thing and he really didn't have a desire to, you know, go on to the college life or anything like that. He had no direction. He basically was kicked out of his home at an early age, moved in with my, my parents were dating. Um, they, my, my mom basically was like, this kid has nowhere to go. She went to my Italian grandparents, you know, picture this and said, you know, he can't live on the street. So my grandmother took him in. My grandfather wasn't too happy about that, but he, my grandmother said, the only thing that I require from you is that you graduate from high school. So that's what kind of gave him the motivation. And he basically went from barely being able to read and write, um, cleaning machinery in, in factories. And long story short, made, you know, just retired last summer, um, from a Fortune 500 company as a vice president. So wow, with, with, with just a high school degree, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, I totally have love and respect for, you know, that, you know what I mean? And I think when you grow up in not only just an Italian kind of family, but you grow up in, in these little tougher towns, cities, you know what I mean? It builds a certain character, you know, that, um, maybe some of these other people that, you know, or in Franklin Lakes and things like that, or a wealthier town that grew up in that lifestyle, when the market crashes and something like that happens, they may not have the the balls, let's say, for lack of a better, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. they don't have that hustle, you know what I mean? That grind, that that you know street sensibility that says, "Listen, I gotta make my money. I gotta go out there and hustle." Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, you know. So I think a lot of people. I have an issue when say something's beneath them, some type of work is beneath them, yeah. which is okay. But in times of when you're desperate, mm-hmm. nothing. When you're desperate, you know nothing should be beneath. Um, you know, no work should really be beneath you. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. And which, yeah. It's, so I basically she went through that, and me seeing that as a kid gave me a lot of motivation. That was another kick of motivation. Hmm. Hmm. To say, you know what, I never want to see, uh, I never want to put my mother through that, see her go through that again, or my father, you know, because mm-hmm. it was a real, it was a rough time financially. And then after that, 
He met a guy named Andrew. And uh, the market was covering, met Andrew, he was an oral surgeon. And Andrew, we moved into a house in Franco Mike's. Andrew taught me a lot about, he got me into acting. Oh, cool. And he taught me a lot about, you know, pushing me mm-hmm. to, he, kind, he taught me a lot about that visualization, visualization I was talking about, but he actually put it in words. And he, he taught me to think very highly of my, you need to think highly of yourself. I have a lot of self-confidence. You know, he tell me, oh, you're the best, you're the best, which is not how I grew up, especially, I'm sure you could relate. Italian yeah. parents, Andrew was Jewish. Italian parents aren't like Jewish parents. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're a little harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, they're, they're a little harder. <laughs> we had the wooden spoon. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, to be honest with you, I think both, both parenting tactics, at the end of the day, um, put together with, the right kid, it'll work, and I think they're both nice ways of parenting. But I got a taste of both with this guy. Uh, him and my mother ended up not working out, which was, you know, that that's fine. It happens. I learned in life that it doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't good terms. And one thing I really might admire about my mother, and I try to do the same with any of my relationships, is when you break up with someone, always be on good terms. Yeah. Always be on good terms. Because when you share that emotional connection with somebody, Mm-hmm. You you always want to make sure that um, you're on good terms because you don't want to hurt like that, knowing that you guys don't get along anymore. So that inspired my mother. And with you, that your parents are still together, as you said, right, Frankie? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, I, I, 30, 30 something years. God bless them. No, yeah, that is that's amazing. And I think you and I have similar backgrounds from where our parents came from. And there's something about that Italian way of growing up. That really teaches you how to. When you step into that that professional world, you say, "Wow, I've already been equipped with the mental tools to become mm-hmm. successful." Would yep. you agree? I mean, it seems like. Oh no, 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 definitely. We we're, you know, it, it's just probably something about our culture. You know what I mean? Like there, we were, you know, we came here. We were hustlers. You know what I mean? We had to make a way. We had to make a dollar out of fifteen cent type of mentality, um, and that kind of. For people who are, you know, grow up in the Italian culture, that's something that we sustain throughout the generations. You know what I mean? We're, we, 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 no matter how times and cultures evolve, there's, we're very much about tradition. We're very much about family. We're very much about like respect and dignity and, and holding yourself, you know, to, you know, with a respectable outlook, you know what I mean? Regardless yeah. of what you do, whether you're flipping burgers at McDonald's or you're a housewife or you're grinding and you're making millions of dollars, it's always something I think that we're instilled that, you know, you do it with dignity and respect because not only are you respect, you know, I, I, I mean, for me, I can only say, like, it was about um, holding dignity for yourself, but keeping that, you know, for family. So holding respect to what, how you're portraying your family. You know what I mean? Like, you have a duty besides, I mean, I come from a little older school, but there was a duty, but, like, do your thing. But when you're out there doing your thing, remember that you're representing a family here. You know what I mean? And we do it with dignity and respect. So you go out there and do it with dignity and respect, you know? So... I mean, that's that's how I was raised, anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely, Frankie. I think 
when you speak to somebody, I think you and I really, you know, have a good, uh, good connection here when it comes to the speaking because we do have similar backgrounds. And yeah, um, I, I think it's it's really cool. It's it's a really cool thing, and what you're doing with your whole this this podcast, you know, I mean, yeah. this is it, it, the way you've contacted me, and you are very professional. You guys are very professional on normal lines. Yeah, well, you know what? We're, we're, I always, I always believe in, and, and what I can sense from you, Frank, is, and from your family is, if you're gonna do something, do it to the whole nine yards. You know what I mean? Like, regardless exactly. if it's, I mean, look at, just exactly. let's, let's go back to like when you were saying in high school you were, you were a young entrepreneur selling sandwiches. You know what I mean? You did it in a way where, you were looking at, I mean, just from what I can gather, you were looking at it, you weren't looking at it like these are just sandwiches. You know what I mean? Like, you, it, it's about marketing, it's about the family yeah. behind it, it's about selling a product, no matter what that product is. Um, and, and, and that right there is, you know, what, you, you have to do it. I think young people nowadays, or not even young people, just people in general, you know, they they kind of expect things to be handed to them when there is a less likelihood for things to um, to be successful if you're not you're not putting one hundred percent into it. You know, um, and you know that's how old are you, Frank? You're how old? I'm twenty. You're twenty. Yeah. So I, to be honest with you, I don't feel like I'm speaking to a 20 year old. I'm 43, and and I can tell you, I speak to people all the time, and I wish at 20 that I had the head on my shoulders that you do. You know what I mean? And, and no, yeah, I, I call it like I see it, and um, it, it's it's. I, I think this is going to be a really powerful podcast. Uh, episode beyond just um, talking to you because you've been in a movie and you've done acting and your family's on one of the biggest reality shows. There's going to be, and I'm not like, you know, I'm not like psychic or anything like that, but you can tell that you're going to have a sustainability. um, And this is probably not the last that we hear of Frank Catania because at 20 you are doing things that some people have not even done or thought about in their entire lifetime. You know what I mean? Um, so doing it at 20, like that's mind blowing for me because um, whatever your parents did, they're raising a kid, a young guy who is going out in the world and doing some badass things at the end. You're only 20 years old, you know, um, yeah, yeah, you know, and and that's you know this is it a testament to like the family structure and and things like that that with all that stuff that's going around your family that you guys can still maintain a family a really good family structure um, and that your parents can raise a young guy that's definitely got a good head on his shoulders. So, like, what is that like, Frank? Let's talk about. Now, your family is how how is your family approached to be on the show? Is was it? Oh, okay, yeah. So, 
they were a, uh, we were approached, my mom was approached when I was younger to be mm-hmm. in the show. Turned down the show because she said, uh, turned down the show in the midst of, um, you know, being, they were hurting very bad financially for mm-hmm. my sister and I because we were so young. Yeah. So turned down the show, next thing you know, I shoot my movie, sophomore year comes around. My mom is, uh, and the show comes to see her again. They say, hey, Dolores, you know, we're looking to put you, we're looking for new people in the show. My mom, she is a humble Italian woman, like an mm-hmm. old humble Italian woman. What am I going to, we spoke about it. I was sophomore year, my sister was off at college. Remember, so we sit down and we're talking about it. She goes, how am I supposed to be on the show? You know, who's going to like, what do I have to offer? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I go, I go, everything, everything. You have one of the most amazing stories I have ever seen in my life, you have gone from the bottom to the top while keeping your humility from the bottom. Mm-hmm. I said, you need, you, you belong on that show and you could do whatever you want. Next thing you know, she goes and auditions in the city. Um, they come, you know, no, and an audition isn't even an audition. It's like, because it's reality TV, so it's almost like, it's an interview. Yeah, yeah. How do you know these women? What do you, uh, you know what I mean? And, the interview process, they came to the house, they just saw how we acted on camera, and they, they took a chance. They said, you know, we like the family, and it, people ask me all the time, oh, is it really reality TV? Yeah, it's really reality TV. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's really reality. I know for the New Jersey franchise, I don't know about the rest of them, it is reality, and the things that you see on TV, I hear my mother speak about them off camera. So, you know, it's their lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's you know, I, I love the show. Um, I love the franchise. I love, you know, I love, we're a big Bravo TV family here. So, um, it's good to hear because, you know, you hear a lot about things being, you know, and that's the misconception about reality TV is that everything is scripted and it's prompted by producers. So it's good to hear an insider kind of say, like, what we're seeing on TV is actually what happens in real life. So, yeah. Before you go on, which which I find really interesting is and is that you were you were you made your movie before your mom even oh, went yeah. out. Of the yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me and my mother oh. lived in LA for about four or five months. Oh, all right. Yeah, and we yeah we lived in LA for about four or five months before she the housewives came to her, mm-hmm. and I was kind of the first. I pray a lot. I say a lot of prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it was just, I, it was crazy to think at that time when I'm shooting my movie that, you know, I'll, trying to really make a name for myself, become something. The, the woman sitting next to me all day and living with me and my mother would end up actually, you know, becoming a star. Yeah. And it was, it, it's crazy. I mean, she really, what she really has, a lot of people don't understand. My mother goes out and she she gets swarmed swarmed by people. Oh, I can imagine swarmed by people. But you know that's kind of how it worked. So yeah, came to the house. Yeah, um, I mean that's what that's just what would you put yourself yeah. in that? I call it a fishbowl almost because it's like not a normalized kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like one, it's one thing like yourself who was pursuing an acting career. And 
maybe getting some, you know, like an actor getting attention because of that, you know, because of, of a character they play or something like that. But it's one thing when you're putting, there is no character, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's all about yeah. you, you know what I mean? So, like, people will generally either fall in love with you or love to hate you, you know what I mean? And I think your mom actually, and I don't want to turn this into a podcast about your mom because this is oh, about yeah. you. But I think that, you know, that it's really interesting because people, like, who will follow you, should know that, you know, you were in the game before mom even stepped out into the static. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so before we go on, tell me about how did, how did the movie come your way? Okay, so I was a uh, sophomore. I started acting freshman year. I went to Stellar Adler School of Acting. Okay. After, after that, um, started auditioning for stuff, uh, through a friend I met the producer of uh, uh the director of the the movie but before it came out I just met him and mm-hmm. he's filming the movie he said hey you know that kid I met in the city his daughter's a big star on Disney and I co-starred with her in the movie mm-hmm. and he said hey that kid I met in the city you know I'd like him to audition for this part so I went with him you know he saw my acting and he liked me but gave me the opportunity to be in the movie, and that was one of the most wild experiences of my life, honestly. Now, how old, how old were you? Sophomore year, I, right? I just turned 16. Mm. I just turned 16, and um, next thing you know, I listen to the Italian family, although we could have, we just didn't leave the country much. We traveled to Miami, we went to, and we went to um, down the shore. Okay, that was our vacation. And we went to Jamaica once. It's that was our vacations because we're more. I don't know. We're we're not like the biggest travelers, which we should be. So next thing you know, obviously California's in the country, but mm-hmm. and I was going to live there for four or five months. So my family gave me a nice going away party, and me and my mother uh, went together to California. She came with me. Um, she believed in me, and we got there and we started filming the movie. I all these kids are seasoned actors at the time and I was not. I was not. I was some, you know, skinny skinny Jersey kid who wasn't a seasoned actor and next you know these gigantic cameras are on my face and I'm on on a million dollar set. Uh, one set, you know. And yeah. I step on the set and I remember these kids I the first line I gave the first line I gave, these kids start laughing because I was so nervous. You know? Yeah. And you know, I can I can only imagine what that did to my uh what that did to myself because I'm already nervous. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first fun I did in practice they start laughing. So my mother, um, she said, you know, just listen, ignore it. You keep working hard. Uh you listen uh listen to the director and just believe in yourself and be natural. Mm-hmm. As the movie went on uh, unfortunately, the co-stars and I, I got along with a few of them, but the rest, it just, we didn't gel well together. But the movie came out pretty nicely, and the acting was good between the kids did some great acting. David DeLuise was, uh, I started it with him as well. He was yeah. a great guy. I actually he saw was, the movie. It was, it was, it, it was pretty good. I, I, awesome. um, yeah, I, um, you know, I'm glad that you brought the relationship up because what I was going to say, was that what struck me about the film 
was that out of that cast, and if this was your, now looking back at watching the movie, if this was your first, you know, film experience, it did, you, you didn't look like it was your first film. I would say you were, you were like one of the standout where it felt like there was a craft there behind it. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and I was thoroughly impressed because I'm like, wow, I think this is his first film and it didn't, it didn't look like that. You know, I even think I went to your, like Wikipedia and IDMD and stuff like that just to see if there was something else that you did. You know what I mean? Because I was like, yeah. whoa, you know, there, you know, I, I didn't take it as a first time actor's kind of, um, film role. So, um, when you say that there was, you know, some, you know, initial getting your, you know, your feet wet to all this and, and finding your groove and stuff. It, it, Frank, it didn't look like it at all. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. That just comes right. from natural, natural ability and talent. You know what I mean? Like, you can go to acting school, you can, but when the craft is there, you know what I mean? When it's flowing through your veins, all that stuff, school, like, training and all that, that that goes, like, that's just more layers on top of it, you know? Um, and, 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 yeah, so, like, um, yeah, yeah I, I was definitely impressed that it was your first film. And, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I appreciate that. It was hard. It was hard being so green and being there, you know. So, uh, I, I'll tell you, probably, when I was out there, you know, I remember we got a week off of filming, and I planned a Hollywood tour, you know, through the hills, like a tour, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so I planned the tour, go see the houses, and when I went up there, I I knew what I wanted in my life, which was to one day be something and, and live there, you know? Because I love Hollywood, though. one of my favorite places. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a great place, I, and... So that whole experience in California motivated me so much to just to, to try, try and make something great of myself. So I could also make a difference. I have a lot of uh, philanthropy projects that I would love to do, and me and my mother do now. Um, she, I mean, she's fantastic with that stuff. When the animals and the kids, she's great. yeah. But so the movie finishes <laughs> was fantastic. I, the co-stars. I was the only one on the show. Uh, on the movie, who had no recognition. I mean, no, I've never been on anything between the two girls that was on the show. They were star starred in two major movies and TV shows. The one kid who was on with me, who had never been in much anything crazy, got his own show right after the movie. Mm -hmm. So I was, the only, I was kind of the only kid who had never really been that much, you know, mm -hmm. when it came to... Um, much to my name, and then next year my housewife thing comes out. I remember before the show came out, I said to myself when I when I found out my mother was going to be on a show, I said it's time to get in the gym. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I said I said I got back, and but when I got back from that movie, is when I really started getting to the gym because I was very upset how small I was and I couldn't play football anymore. It definitely, um, definitely, definitely was killer. It, it didn't feel great, so that's how I ended up getting in the gym. But back to 
how the show started and everything. Yeah, so that's that. And uh, they we started filming on a show, and we loved it. The producers are great. They're really nice. My mom, my mom works really hard. It's a lot of work for, you know. And A World Away was fantastic, and I'm very happy with how that turned out. On Amazon Prime and uh, Netflix right now. So. Yep, yep. And uh, that is, you know, I, I, I go back to it. It's like, you know, funny that you, we, that's something that people don't know, would know about you is that, you know, your your beginnings came before the Housewives series. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's a unique experience for you guys as a family. Like, how how does how does that you know coming from a family where like family is everything, and you know, again, you know, not to keep talking about Italian culture, but you know, we're very protective of our own. You know what I mean? So, like, how does that? How do you find like the balance of you know, because your family, especially your mom, you know what I mean, um, you're under that microscope. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think your mom, you know, out of everybody who, you know, I don't I don't want to say, you know, I'm sure you guys have, your family has relationships with the other um, housewives on the show and their families, but, you know, it, it must be tough to have your family scrutinized. You know what I mean? Like, in, no, under that no. microscope, like, how do you guys stay so grounded when you have all this kind of chatter about every single thing that you guys do? Now you guys are being recognized out in, you know, out there in the world, especially in the Jersey community. You know what I mean? Like, you, you guys are out there, and now, like, how, did, how does the family manage that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Uh, so it's, we kind of just, well, within each other, we know what's real, what's not. We know yeah. what's real and what's not. And if someone's got a problem the way we've always been, someone's got a problem with something, honestly, we don't we don't really care. Yeah. We don't really care. If someone's got a problem with us or something on the show, that's great. You can have your problem. We don't really care. And at the end of the day, we know the reality. Probably the biggest, the hardest thing that I saw was the fact that my dad was disbarred from being a lawyer came mm-hmm. out on the show. Yeah. That was probably the hardest thing he had to go through just because I love my father so much. My father is mentally, and obviously physically, he's a tank, but mentally one of the toughest guys that I know. When he, I, he called me up from when he found out he got disbarred. I mean, this guy just like, I, I, the way he is is unbelievable. He's his resiliency is unbelievable. I mean, it's weird because I try to ask him, that, you know, how do you how do you have this? And I, I really don't even think he he doesn't put that much mental thought into it. Just the way he is, he's a tough guy. And if something slaps in the face, he gets right back up and he keeps going. He's a hard worker, a grind grind. Honestly, I think he'll never retire from working because he loves it. But his resiliency he doesn't let something knock him down ever. Yeah. And if it does. He has something right back there that he could use to back him up and and recover. Yeah, my dad's all all, all about recovery. Uh, if something goes wrong, all about doing things to the extreme. All about going the whole nine yards, as we talked about earlier. And I learned a lot from him. And one thing I will tell you that is very inspiring that my father does is when 
something goes wrong, he's ready to get right back up. He could get, you know, slapped in the face by life. The guy will get right back up. And when I do bad on a test or something, or, you know, I <laughs> something goes wrong in my life relationship-wise, and I feel, you know, it's terrible and I'm all upset. My father just, I'll call him up asking for advice. He just says, boy, get up, you keep moving up. That's it. Yep. You get up, you keep you get up, you keep going. So that was the hardest thing. Is I, I don't like people coming up to me and be like, oh, you know, what's your father? Like, you guys need anything? Mm. Okay. I respect it. Thank you very much to people that want to do that. But listen, if you really knew my father, you'd know that we, it's just fine. It's yeah. just fine. Yeah. You know, it's just sure. fine. Right. And, 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 you know, I actually glad that you brought it up. I don't, I don't like to, what I, how I roll as a, as a, as a host is I don't force people to, you know, some other people you, you may go on their shows or like your mom or someone like your mom or your dad and their immediate thing is to go to a place like that, like, oh, how was it, you know, when you got to Spark and blah, 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 well, like what happened? I allow my guests to talk about what they want to talk about. So yeah, listen, uh, you go ahead. You ask me anything, really. You know, and 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 I come from the adage that if you know you bring it up on my show, and then that opens up a conversation that organically kind of happens. So like I'm kind of like that's what I was thinking about honestly when I was you know thinking about you know talking about with you like that yeah. whole part of it. Um, because I knew that was such a, you know, that's a big thing, you know what I mean? Like, and to have it on TV, but I think that you guys, wh- how I took it from watching the series is that you guys, your dad, your mom, you guys just kind of like, yeah, this happened, you know, but let's, let's keep it moving, you know what I mean? Let's, you know, right. yeah, let's, let's, let's just, you know, keep going, and um, that's Totally, I can identify with that because, you know, if I was to make that phone call like you would to your dad, my dad would say the same thing. Like, you know, okay, it is what it is and you can't change things and, you know, but what are you going to do? Keep it keep it moving. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how. And I, I think that goes back to that, you know, I mean, I don't know. Where, where, did, you, where did your dad grow up? Yeah. Now, my dad actually grew up in North Hill where we grew up now. Okay. Uh, he he grew up, you know, his father was more well off. His father was a, a lawyer, like, you know, he was. Mm-hmm. But my grand, my grandfather, my dad, my dad's side, it, the guy is just straight as an arrow. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he, he does everything right. Does everything right. You know, he's a um, very patriotic man. And so, and my dad kind of grew up a rebel. Yeah, not a rebel, but he was, he wasn't, he wasn't, listen, the stories I hear wasn't the best kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was a good kid, but he, the trouble that he would get into is just absolute, un, unbelievable stuff where I would be like, oh my dad, that's outrageous. The stories he would tell me. <laughs> you know? So when it, and so his father was very hard on him though, and my dad grew up hard too. My dad, his father was really, really hard on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad definitely went through, you know, went through some rough times as a kid, and, I think living in that environment where his father was hard on him mm-hmm. and basically if something would go, he would tell me stories where if something would go wrong, you know, my grandpa would be like, listen, you know, get over it. You don't yeah. have time. There's no time to have anxiety about it. 
be upset about it. Get over it immediately and go move on. And so that was, and that, that that was it. My father took that. My father took that, and I think that's always. It's like, for example, you get a you get a bad grade in a test, and you have a great excuse about it, and something really did go wrong, and um, something really did go wrong, or you got sick during a test. That's your fault. Too bad. Yeah, you know that's that's your fault. Yeah, it, it, make sure I don't care. Make sure it's better next time. My dad yep. was a great football player too. And that, that's that's how that works. And my dad yeah. has that mentality as a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. undefeated bodybuilder. Uh, took that mentality into real estate. Took that mentality into everything he did. And and you know, that's everything. and that's why like something like what your dad went through would if it, if you don't have that strength, that's gonna break you down and. If you're not strong mentally and, you know, your dad's a big guy physically, of course, he's, you know, stamina, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like that, but the mental part of it where it could really break someone down and then they're not going to be able to move forward from it, you know? And yeah. and, and that's going to help you as your dad's son. Um, so that's why you're at 20 years old thinking on the level that you are, you know what I mean, and have the the vision of your life because of both your parents and the, the veracity that they have for, you know, just getting out there and, and, and doing what you have to do, um, not only to make a dollar, look, that's great, but, like, do it and do it with passion for something that you, you, you want to do. You know what I mean, and what you love, and um, you know. So, what what it also intrigued me about your story is like um, to go back to the beginning when we were saying you were saying like how the you know you have all this creative stuff going on. You know the you know acting stuff. You're doing um, you know bodybuilding stuff. You've done some modeling stuff, correct? Oh uh, yeah, I've done fit- fitness. I've actually uh, done very very well with modeling. I've- on the cover now, I think it's 15 romance novels in the past year. So, oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool as hell. Thanks. That's awesome. You mean, like, on, like, the cover? like? Yeah, like, on the cover, like, you know, the guy on the cover of romance novel? Yeah, I got yeah me. like some Fabio shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, right now, I'm at 15, uh, 15 covers right now. So Wow. Do your yeah, thing, yeah, son. You. Do your thing. I'm not even mad yeah, at you. <laughs> Yeah, I've done more with that and uh, acting. And, you know, right now, primarily focusing. I'm looking to, of course, you know, the acting stuff and the modeling mm-hmm. stuff is there, but i looking to go into a career in investment banking. I That's where I was some... going with this. That's where I was going with yeah. this. Um, so um, the, 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 the dream is to get into that financial realm, so investment banking. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd I, like I, I am not a numbers person. My, actually, my wife works in finance, so she's she's the I call her my CFO. So <laughs> she's the yeah. one that, she's the one that approves or denies all the funds that go to all this little podcast and all that kind of stuff. So um, you, you're current. What, what year are you in? Um, you're still in college, right? Yeah, I'm junior year of college, and that's the kind of part of my life not a lot of people know about the financial <laughs> aspect, which is kind of you know a huge part of my life. I 
junior college, I'm a major in finance and uh, data analytics, which basically is like computer coding for Python. Okay. Which is a you know financial lit, uh, a lot of financial like literacy and uh, the co- the coding. I'm just starting to get into that, but I'm picking going to try to pick up a double major in finance and uh, data analytics, which is this coding. Um, and I want to go into investment banking. This summer, mm-hmm. I internship at Skybridge Capital, which is Anthony Scaramucci's place. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I used my boss this summer, and I learned a lot from him, too. I learned a lot from that guy, too. And so I love that environment. I love throwing a suit on, you know, wake up at 5 in the morning, take the bus in, you know, try to get to work as early as I could, get into work, and just grind out through the day and go home when the work's done and do it again the next day. And I, I do yeah. Go home and list, and that was a crazy schedule goes on. I had a great. I have a very close group of friends who support everything I do. Very close that's, group of friends. That's important. Uh, yeah, I grew up with all of them. You know, we all grew up together. And it, I'll tell you, my friends, it, it, it's easy as you get into high school and stuff to lose your individuality and kind of because you see so many people doing things and you get uh, you want to kind of follow the crowd because you don't know what you're mm-hmm. doing is correct. Yeah. My friend, and you know, expect you know, my one best friend. I have all my best friends: Quinn, Doug, Peter, uh, all these guys in all groups. Uh, we have a big friend group. We go hang out. Um, what we do is actually what we uh, they support everything I do, and they really reinforce my individuality. You know, mm-hmm. being an individual. Like I have a metal detector. I, I do some strange things. You know, <laughs> that's some strange strange things I do, and all these guys, they really, really, really support my individuality and be my own person. Well, that's, a, that's important, especially when you have yeah. a crew of guys that, you know, your boys, and, and you know, it, it's easy to, like, want to fit a mold or, you know, a perception yeah. or a stereotype, but when you, when you can just be yourself amongst your boys and have that support and um, have some, you know, a group of guys... Or you know, girls or whatever to to have yeah. your back, especially especially in the situation that you're in, which is very unique. It's good to always have that that core people behind you that can you know keep you grounded. You know what I mean? In in all this, because you know it's easy. Some some young people like yourself, Frank, if they were in this situation, um, they could, it's easy for them to lose themselves in it. I mean, I've seen some of these reality show TV people and acting folks that, um, you know, it, it's it, that they're losing themselves in that whole sphere of, um, of the glitz and the glamour and all that kind of stuff. So it's great to have people that are anchoring you down so you can focus on stuff like, I think that's commendable where, you know, you still want, you have a passion for that business, that entrepreneurship that you really want, like you're not sacrificing for. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so so tell us, Frank, um, what do you have, you know, we know that you're trying to get into the um, investment banking world and all that kind of stuff. Um, what, what can we, you know, whether it be creatively or your um, – your um, entrepreneurship stuff that you have going on. What are some things that we're going to be seeing out of Frank Catania coming, you know, 
in the near future? Uh, <laughs> listen, we're gonna right now. I'm uh, let's see. I got a lot going on. Right now. So obviously, World Away just came out. Be auditioning, uh, looking for new roles and stuff. My primary aspects right now is just school. We got the Housewives show coming out soon. We're finished filming for that. That's gonna be a great season. Um, you know, been options options trading a lot. I'd like to have my own firm one day, so I've been working that. Working towards kind of just how I'm going to structure that, and mostly right now looking for an investment banking internship and training for bodybuilding nationals for this summer. Well, see, I mean, busy guy, and you got all good things coming up. So, how does in in the midst of all that? You know, how does, how does Frank, what do, what do you do to kind of keep yourself like, you know, you got all this stuff going on, it's, it's, it's hard to manage time when you have so many different projects coming up. What does Frank do? Like, uh, do you like music? Do you like, like, watching yeah. um, TV, going that? Like, what, what do you do to keep yourself like, you know, not caught up? I actually have a metal detector. Uh, I have okay. a big, big passion for history. Uh, and I have a metal detector, and I go around um, historical areas of Connecticut. And I'm uncovering, um, you know, colonial artifacts and 1800s, 1900s artifacts. Kind of just that, that that's my hobby. I go around collecting all this stuff, and I donate to museums uh, if I find something significant, you know. What? That... <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah. I've never, I have never, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody doing that. That's so interesting. Like, how did you get into, how did you get into that? Well, I was at Nan's house one day, and I remember I was looking for something to do, and I just go in her closet, and this metal detector falls down. What is this thing? And I, I just went outside and started swinging it around. I remember I found a nail. And I was just like, wow, like I, I cannot believe that I just found something under the ground that I couldn't see. Fell in love with it, in love with it. I've been doing it since I was 12 years old, um, yeah. trying to master it, you know, because there's a lot that goes into it. And I, I found some pretty great stuff. Uh, I still do it to this day. Whenever I have a little bit of free time, I'll hop in my car, and I, what I do is I use a... Um, I use satellite to detect indentations in the ground, and then I look for, I go into the, in the woods, use mm-hmm. satellite in the woods to detect indentations in the ground, map it out how to get there, and then I go, and a lot of times, if you're good enough, you can see a certain type of indentation in the earth is an old colonial foundation that's still there. Hmm. So I go find those areas, and I... I've done some great stuff. I went to St. Kitts, probably one of my best finds. Is I went to St. Kitts and I found a, uh, from the 1400s, 1400s, 1500s, a piece off a, um, I think a chest plate. A chest plate of, could have been a conquistador that decided to go to the Caribbean. I had no idea. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's, so that was. So you talk was, about, like, well, we talk about a normalized shit. This is, this is. Pretty fucking cool. Like, I mean, like, I, I'm totally into stuff like, you know, historical stuff. And so that is, that's like mind blowing. Like, that, you know, like you can do something. Now that's really outside. You talk outside of the box. That's outside of the box. But 
you're also like successful at doing it. You know what I mean? So, um, wow. So add that to like the resume of some pretty impressive yeah. things. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm totally like digging that. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I, 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 I love that. Um, you know, I, I'm all about, um, trying to find different things. Um, I always am trying like, because I work with people, um, I, I, I'm a, so, like by day, I'm a social worker, um, and a, um, a life coach. So I always kind of tap into people to find out, like, what do you do to stay centered and grounded? And I always will try whatever, if it's something that I've never done before, I'll always try what the person has you know, utilize as a tool for themselves. So, like, I've picked up knitting. I've picked up uh, playing the ukulele. Like, I've, you know, tried all these things. Because how can I say to you, Frank, if, you know, you're looking for something to kind of keep you grounded and, and centered, and I say, oh, try, you know, looking for artifacts using a metal, metal detector if I've never done yeah. it before. You know what I mean? Like, so um, I, I love learning about things that are outside of the box that people do, um, not only career-wise and being successful, but for themselves, you know what I mean? Because ultimately without nourishing who we are as, as, as a human going through this life journey, um, you know, that, that's kind of what the foundation that allows you to open up these doors to all the things that you're doing, which, you know, I can't commend you enough uh, as, a, as a parent. I can only imagine how proud your your parents are of you because you don't meet people like you nowadays, Frank. You know what I mean? You're you're I really respect your your mindset. Um, you seem like you have a good head on your shoulders. You have a lot of things going on that are 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 moving in the right direction. And you know, I, I'm glad that we sat down and talked today because. I really want young people who are listening to this to get the message that you're giving here. Um, and that's with uh, support, strong support systems, um, a vision. I think is you, you started off this whole conversation that we had today with everything. Yeah, with you need to have the vision. So um, I, I, I really... And, and not only the vision, but the determination to turn those visions um, and those ideas into tangible concepts, like, you know what I mean, that you can see developing into however you want it to, to go for yourself. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really respect you. Um, I really, I have to tell you before I let you go, I have to tell you a funny story about your mom. So, I I live in Point Pleasant Beach, and I drive down 34 to go home every day from my job. Don't think anything of it. One day I'm driving down 34, and there's a huge billboard of your mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, that is, and I'm like, and and it's like almost close to getting into Point Pleasant. So I have a commute that I do every day. So now it's funny because... When I say, "Oh, there's Dolores," <laughs> I know that I'm almost home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I like so, it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So it's a beautiful face that I get to kind of like see every day. Um, and now knowing your story and your, your family behind you, like a lot behind of what you're, you know, where you come from and your mom and all that kind of stuff. When I, and you can convey this to her for me, like now I'll look at that billboard so totally different. Um, because I'll know that when I see your mom's face on that billboard and I'm coming home, that means that I I did my hustle for the day. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? And I like that. That's a great story. You know, somebody like that. that, you know, somebody that has gone through um, the grind, you know, um, and for their family, you know, I'll, I'll be able to see that billboard and say, okay, you know, it makes sense. I'm tired today. I had a long commute or whatever it is, but this is why I do because of my family and, you know, so you can convey that story for your mom that I hope they never, <laughs> I hope they never take the billboard down, but it, no, it, it, thank you. it's, a, it'll be now a different connection for me than just being a billboard with your mom's face on it. Yes, Frankie. Thank you very much. And I'll tell you what you just said to me. Um, that's basically kind of summarizing everything I said made me very happy because uh, it shows that I, I want to make sure, you know, coming onto your podcast, I can really convey who I am, what's important to me, and the things that have worked for me to get me to where I am and the things that I need to work on better to get even further or where I want to be. And it really seems like I conveyed that to you from what you uh, told me, you know, yeah. so far or not. I'm very happy. Loud, loud and clear, buddy, loud and clear. And, uh, um, I really now am a fan of Frank Catania, so I will, when I meet pretty cool people that, like, and that's what's cool about this, like, I get to talk to, um, and I have some pretty, like, impressive guests coming on. Um, oh, yeah. And, and it's just so cool to just have a conversation, you know, and I think we, we've lost that a lot, you know what I mean? Like, just a human connection conversation with people um, because there's so much negativity and division and, and shit going on out there that we've lost that human interaction. You know what I mean? Like so that conversation far. where two dudes yeah. can just sit down and talk about like growing up family, Italian style in, in Jersey and, and make that connection. Um, and then through that connection, there's a journey for that person on the other side of the conversation. And 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 I, I thoroughly enjoyed um, talking to you, buddy. I really um, Thank you, wish, wish you nothing but the best and success and everything that you do. And I want you to always feel like you have a home here at the Unnormalized Podcast. So anything you got coming up, um, anything mom, um, dad, you guys are doing as a family, that maybe we can be on, you know what I mean? Like just, just having you guys as a family um, and talking about keeping a family unit, whatever that looks like, you know what I mean? This is 2019. Everybody doesn't have to have a mom and dad that are married like myself and stay together. You can still be a family and whatever that dynamic looks for the fit looks like for the family, very individual. So I want you and your family to always kind of, have this as a home where you can convey a message to people that, um, you know, that is to be humble and stay grounded in and what you guys continuously do to kind of keep that going. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, thank you. 
No problem, buddy. Um, so every Frank, tell tell everybody out there how they can keep along with your journey, social media, websites, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. So I have um, Instagram, primary social media outlet I use. Uh, that's Frank at Frank Catania, and uh, I also have a Snapchat as well. You know, that's at Frank Catania as well. You also want to do a shout out to my friends. Uh, Quinn, Doug, CJ, Peter, Zach, Mike, Brandon, Chad, um, and Luke as well. So you guys are the best. And, and Frankie, you were fantastic. And I think this podcast is really going to go places. You're, you're, you have a specialty of listening, letting me speak, and elaborating on what I say. And really getting to know the guests the best. So thank you very much. Awesome, buddy. I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, I always want the guest message to be heard out there. So that's why we do this, you know, um, so people can really hear the message. So everybody out there, I want you to follow Frank on his social media, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, and uh, we want to really thank you guys for tuning in to the Unnormalized Podcast with Frank Catania. And we want you guys to subscribe, 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 so you don't miss any episodes of the Unnormalized Podcast. And we really appreciate Frank coming on today. And Frank, I, I hope you have a great day and go out there and, and, and take that world by by the balls and 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 keep us keep us posted of what's going on, buddy. Okay. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, tune into the new season of Housewives. Absolutely, we all will be in in watching. So, um, guys, that's the Unknown Life podcast for today. We want you to stay tuned for more episodes coming up. So subscribe and stay unnormalized. Dis-le, dis-le en français.